0: It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right.
1: Warning. Warning.
0: We gotta stop them! They're
1: gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they
0: industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or you would be! I
1: when the operation of the So sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, by all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to win the to the people who run it, to the people who own it. That unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all.
0: Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener supported. Radio station throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well, now you.
2: Welcome to the True World with Matthew Deagle. I'm your host, Matthew Diegel. I'm here to discuss world events, current and past, as what well in their context of the psychological and spiritual and religious influences, genetic influences, cultural influences, everything how everything comes together as a whole, and the kind of uh, <clears throat> you might say occult intelligences that are involved in a lot of the world's events, on account of. The reality of, of what we call spirits or angels or gods, uh, which are really just uh, this collective of spiritual intelligences, highly invo- highly evolved spirits, which is called Arahat Atishata, that uh, really does kind of guide us. It doesn't interfere the way we w- we would necessarily like to because they don't want us. They don't want to interfere in our evolution, our harm, our own development and experience. So I wouldn't say that they, uh, save us or anything like that, but they guide us all the time. And they also control, uh, all sorts of things like our languages, um, when things occur, the timing of events, the collective subconscious, everything is really, uh, observably, I would say, observably under the control of this collective intelligence, which is, uh, Really, what people used to call gods, uh, later on they decided to call them angels and started calling the creation the universal consciousness God, uh, which is really a misnomer because it isn't a God, it's actually the universal oneness or creation. Uh, And traditionally the word God means what we now call an angel. All these things that were just imaginary concepts that refer to a reality that's actually there, whatever you want to call it, the reality is that there is this level of consciousness and being that controls uh to some degree controls our lives collectively controls everything organizes everything in our culture and uh in our life uh, into a logical whole controls things like all kinds of synchronicities and coincidences um, controls matchmaking of people who who are going to fall in love with each other Uh, and controls what happens if you don't follow the good nature as well, which is under the control of one-seventh of of this intelligence called Raguel, I discussed the last uh, program, which uh, is essentially like the being in control of everything that's breaking the laws of nature. Uh, It's kind of like the universal police. And here's an interesting phenomenon, okay? Uh, Lauren Coleman who discusses a lot of these synchronicities and coincidences, uh, recently came out with a book called Mothman, Evil Incarnate, uh, in which he characterizes, he uses that literal term for his uh, title, about this supposed being Mothman that's been seen all over the U.S., mostly in Point Pleasant, West Virginia in the 60s, and now in Chicago in 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 this year, exactly 2017. So this past year, Mothman has been seen, a bunch by a bunch of different people in Chicago, which is curious because I mean, here's the thing, like some people think that uh, a lot of these things are aliens or whatever. Some of them are right. There really are aliens, but I'd say aliens account for like maybe 5% at most of the sightings of such beings. Even I'd say I would include everything like aliens, interdimensionals, uh, any kind of, uh, unusual human form, uh, or extraterrestrial or whatever. Uh, in like 5%, the most of it is these apparitions of the collective subconscious that are trying to communicate something to us symbolically. And in this case, all right, I've talked a lot about organized crime, right? About how organized crime is one of our biggest problems, along with uh, fake religions and fake ideologies. Those are the two biggest problems on this planet, I think, is organized crime and false belief systems that impose a false morality that then leads to immorality. Well, Chicago is known as a mob city, right? It's a traditionally and even to the present day occupied by the Irish mob, the Italian mafia, the Jewish mob, etc. And there's also lots of street violence there and lots of smaller gangs. So it's curious that this creature, it's called Mothman, but actually it looks like a giant owl or a giant bat mixed with a human. So it's actually appeared many times as literally Batman, as like a bat person. Uh, and in fact, one of the witnesses here said that he saw, uh, a, like a Batmobile flying through the sky, uh, around the si- same time he saw this creature, which is, which I think is an apparition, right? This thing is, it's, it's actually, I think, Raguel, the, uh, intelligence in control of enforcing the laws of nature and managing our evil, showing that he is Batman basically. And that Batman is, uh, uh on the task in Chicago. For, for some reason. It's, it's strange how they do this. Like I said, they don't, they don't want to interfere too much. And I think this is the reason why they communicate in symbolic ways, non-verbally, because if they just came out and talked to us like they very rarely do, like through prophets, for example, then we wouldn't uh, learn their, their language. We wouldn't learn, we, we, we would be inter- we would be excessively pushed rather than being able to use our own free will and therefore to evolve in our own consciousness and experience. So I think this is what the uh, gods do all the time, is communicate to us in such a way that we can only comprehend it if we have wisdom and if we are heeding their warnings. So this is what Rockwell does constantly. He communicates by arranging events, um, very often morbid and dire events like shootings, shootings, uh, And catastrophes and random supposed accidents like that crane collapse in Mecca in order to show us we are on the wrong path as a warning against worse things to come. So this is not evil incarnate. Mothman or whatever you want to call it is actually just the angel in control of evil and the abuse of nature. Uh, Now there is a supposed curse associated with it, but I think this has to do also with a warning about not heeding the truth Because a lot of the stuff is just sensationalism, the the Mothman movie, the Mothman literature, alien literature, a lot of the stuff is just sensationalism, stoking anxiety and fantasy and not heeding the warnings at all, not heeding the fact it's essentially blasphemy against a god, right? Because this is what this is. It's like uh, Loki or Apophis or whatever you want to call it, warning us about the path of destruction we're on. And we aren't paying attention to the real meaning. We're just paying attention to the humane perspective that this is a spooky thing and that people died, uh, which is not at all the meaning, right? He's trying to tell us that we are destroying ourselves through foolishness. For example, uh, and I'm saying like this stuff would happen anyway, right? These catastrophes, these mass shootings, we're evil. We have aggressive people in our society we don't get rid of. This stuff would happen anyway. So what he does is he just controls it so it becomes a logical symbol, he controls it so it would communicate something to us when something like this happens. Like that shooting in Vegas was all about how we are bringing the hellfire uh, on ourselves or brim, fire and brimstone by, dis- by abusing nature, by overpopulating and by not stopping climate change and so forth. That is why that happened the way it did. Uh, it was like having a hail rain from heaven and kill a bunch of people. And there's many other aspects of it. But the same sort of thing happened with these terror attacks, for example, uh, in Paris. All symbolic of uh, evolution and being and survival of the fittest and deselection revolution. If you fail to follow the laws of nature, and in particular, if you fail to change your uh, selection of how you're going to behave and be, uh, despite new information, if you continue inflexibly to stay with the same false way of behaving and thinking, then you may lose you. you you're essentially making a bad bet. And uh, that's something else that he communicated to us around the same time uh, with the death of Monty Hall, as I discussed previously. So Mothman is not some kind of alien or evil entity that has magical powers or whatever. It's just, I think it's just rug will communicating to us symbolically by creating a symbolic image of what it is. So what this is, like a bat or an owl, either one of these creatures can see in the dark, they can hunt their prey in the dark, they can see what we don't see, seeing the unseen. And of course, we created our own inspired, these gods control inspiration as well. And we created our own inspired uh, idol of this god called Batman, right? Who's a f- crime fighter who Fights at nighttime in the dark. That's exactly what Raguel really is So there's no such thing as the devil or Satan or whatever. That's all made up by the Catholic Church. There's just an uh, Angel you might call it that is in control of all of our crimes uh, in a general and universal sense <clears throat> I mean like warns about our crimes Sabotages the people who are going against nature uh, eventually destroys them. But in the process tries to warn us over and over again about where things are headed. So it's not an evil or malevolent being. It's just in control of evil. Uh, And this uh, is something people have to comprehend because they're not going to, they're not paying attention to it. And like I said, they're blaspheming it. Now, uh, as I've said before, I think that the actual, uh, that, like for example, the Muslims have confused the term Allah with the term uh, Al Khaliq or uh, really Al Khaliqa, which means creation, right? Al Khaliqa, that means the creation. The creation is the universal consciousness, and Allah or the gods or the god is not the universal consciousness or creator. It's just this Arahat Atesata. It's the so-called angels. And somehow that got lost because uh, Muhammad tried to communicate this stuff to the Arabs, but they were too influenced by Christianity and Judaism and then just made it all into the idea of God and his hierarchy of angels. But that's not how it works, right? You see, God or creation doesn't interfere. All it does is creates, establishes reality and establishes the laws of nature. So it's responsible for things being solid and logical, consistent and for us being, ha- having anything, having the capacity of free will, creativity, love, etc. All that in our consciousness, in other words, comes from our spirit, which is part of the creation. God, or the gods, is our mythological term. Our A god is our mythological representation of the arahata or the spirits. They're actually spirits, or highly evolved spirit forms. So, <clears throat> they're not actually... Uh, Uh, They're not actually angels like we imagine, right? An angel is really just our modern term for a god. And we've just decided to change the word as if that somehow makes us monotheistic or whatever. As I've said before, monotheism originates with the heresy of Akhenaten. It's not true. Creation is not a god. He made a god to represent creation, which is violation of the first commandment, not to make uh, idols that are supposed to be uh, stand in for creation. So that's the way I view monotheism. I don't think that Muhammad was a monotheist. I don't think the prophets were monotheists. I think they uh, worshipped only the creation, which is the thing responsible for all of our ability to exist, logic, freedom, everything uh, good, everything that comes out of everything that allows us to live comes from creation. The gods are just a more highly evolved version of ourselves. They're just. What we might call Ubermention or something like that. Ubermen in the sense that they are like humans that have reached a level that's above humanity, uh, in terms of their intelligence and collective, and are no longer in need of a material body. <coughs> so the so-called angels, in reality, are like a bunch of monks levitating in some ether or something. Not literally, right? I'm just giving you an image that they're just people that have evolved out of the need to have a body, and so are in control of the material universe in a spiritual form. Uh, that's what Allah is, right? It's actually just the gods. The same thing as like Thor uh, and the Hopi Kachinas and uh, and all of that. It's, it's always represented that. And for some reason, people just, uh, I mean, these fake religions, as I said, came about and they just twisted everything and uh, essentially turned people's faces away from the real activities of the gods, which is what we call synchronicity, uh, in a large part a lot of it is what we call synchronicity the constant occurrence every day of bizarre coincidences all around the world as if some kind of intelligence is arranging everything subconsciously and this just uh, can't be explained except that there is some kind of intelligence in control what it is is our spirits are (coughs) uh, connected with the rest of the spiritual realm including the more evolved levels of the spirit so we're like the plants in the garden and these are like the farmers right uh or whatever you're the gardeners or whatever you want to call it they're a lot more aware of what's going on in the spiritual realm than we are and so we think of it as gods because they seem to have unlimited power to do anything and they practically do i mean like uh for They can control uh, interstellar objects like this one uh, uh, Oumuamua that just passed by uh, recently this year. I think that was controlled by the gods. It was essentially them throwing a giant boomerang at us as a warning of what's going to come in 2036 when they actually hit us with with a comet or an asteroid, which will likewise be an interstellar object that will just enter the solar system suddenly. Now, they gave us another warning about that, of course, which is the trajectory of Apophis. Apophis is the ancient Egyptian name for Rogwell or the so-called angel of judgment or whatever you want to call it and uh, <clears throat> That object is gonna what was thought to uh, Make a near mist of the earth and almost collide with it in 2036 as it turns out It's not gonna hit the earth, but it's a warning about what is gonna hit the earth on that same day and I say synchronicity does control Uh, things like this as well, that when one object comes near the earth or hits the earth, then you also have another object that actually either comes near the earth or hits the earth on the same day. Like uh, there was that duende that came near the earth at the same time as the Chelyabinsk meteorite, uh, which is, again, I think that is the same thing. It's also being controlled by the gods, that this stuff is intelligently controlled, and that's the reason why they're having a hard time predicting it is that there's actually some kind of uh, <clears throat> giant like aborigine in outer space throwing a giant boomerang at us that is essentially what that uh, oumuamua was they're speculating it was a it's a spaceship or some nonsense <laughs> it's not a spaceship okay a spaceship would have propulsion you know it wouldn't just be drifting through space and 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 barreling around it was literally barreling around like a throw stick and made a boomerang trajectory into the solar system and out of it. So no, it was literally symbolic. I'm saying that he actually made this thing, this elongated object, this unusually long object, and threw it at us as a boomerang symbolically with that intention to warn us. Uh, That's what sort of stuff happens all the time like I said, you can just check out like Lauren uh, Coleman's Copycat Effect website where he talks about the bizarre coincidences and name games behind between all sorts of dire events all the time. All of that is Raguel, literally one-seventh of the uh, angels or, or god or whatever you want to call it. Allah, right? The, that's, that's the meaning of it is the gods. <clears throat> so same thing with what he did. Uh, just like he used a giant asteroid or whatever it was uh, to represent hitting us with a boomerang. And by the way, why why did he use a boomerang? Okay, He used a boomerang because it means that everything that happens to us is just our own consequences coming back to us. You throw a boomerang, it comes right back. That's what he means. That uh, we are essentially just reaping the consequences of our own stupidity. And it's not uh, his malicious intent. That's what the meaning of this is. Is he's warning us that when this, when he hits us with this object in 2036, he's not doing it out of malice or contempt for humanity or whatever. He's doing it because we're a threat to the universe, because we haven't changed. And it's a consequence of our own actions. Uh, Now, of course, we can, we also have the option, and I don't think he would stop us of. Diverting it off course using some kind of nuclear weapon or something like that uh, If we catch if we pick up on it fast enough, which means they should definitely monitor space but I mean the fact is this is uh, Related to our own evil actions and stupidity. So if you don't solve that problem what, what good is it is it to stop an asteroid if you're still gonna go right into world war three afterwards, which I think is what's gonna happen so <clears throat> uh, Yeah, it was a symbolic event and it's about the fact that we are going to get hit with an actual asteroid or something in 2036, April 13th. So uh, probably uh, I would say it's going to happen very also symbolically right between the two areas that are power hungrily in competition with each other, uh, the European Union and Russia. So it's probably going to hit like somewhere in uh, Ukraine, I'd say, probably Ukraine, honestly. and. Why is that? Because Ukraine is where World War III started in 2014. So all this is logical. And uh, as I said, you can see a similar event, I've discussed this many times, where he used a large object to symbolize a, like a godlike version of, of some humane object, which was the giant hammer that he used to crush 111 pilgrims in Mecca. On September 11th, 2015, uh, there was a thunderstorm. Thor actually means thunder in German or in in Norse. Uh, And the name of the god is actually just Donna or or thunder in German. Uh, There was a thunderstorm in Mecca and this giant crane was blown over onto these pilgrims and crushed them on September 11th, followed soon after by the worst stampede in the history of Medina. So that was also Raguel representing himself as Thor with a giant hammer, Mjolnir, to crush the infidels. And that's what he's saying, is that these people are infidels, that they are following a false cult now and not the real teaching of Mohammed, and that Saudi Arabia is full of crime, because he's in charge of crime, right? So that's what it means, is that he's crushing these Uh, People as a warning of what's going to happen to them because of their own leaders Because of stuff like what's going on right now in Lebanon where they're trying to start a war with Iran That this is eventually going to lead to self-destruction And it's a warning that it's particularly this false religion Sunnism that is responsible that these people are being uh, sabotaged by him In order to destroy their false beliefs, which is the same thing. um, And why? Because these things interfere with our evolution. This uh, fake religion, which is calling itself Islam, which is actually not the same thing as Muhammad taught. It's a bunch of hypocrisy borrowed from Judaism and false interpretations of theology borrowed from Christianity uh, is deadly to us. But uh I think he's using uh, he's hitting two birds with one stone. So what's he doing? As I said, he just controls whatever evil we create ourselves. So he's got this uh, these these psychotic, whatever you want to call them, these suicidal at least terrorists in Europe, and these uh, people in Europe are acting like they're totally immobilized in regard to the ability to get rid of them. They are. That's also representative of what what's going on with them. They can't survive anymore because they're too naive. So uh, he's taking advantage of all the evil that's going on to destroy it. And namely, sooner or later here, these Islamists are going to be destroying the Vatican. And they're going to do the same thing to Israel in the West Bank first, and then probably more of it. Because these things, both of them, the Vatican and Israel, are full of crime, are fake religions that are based on lies. Uh, <clears throat> I've discussed before how the history of Israel is total bs. I mean Israel was never an independent country. It was a designation for like a nomadic group of Habiru who inhabited the region of Shechem. And the actual uh, region, Canaan, was always in Egypt. Moreover, the names of the like mayor of Jerusalem and others from the region, uh specifically jerusalem right so specifically uh <clears throat> the region that's called judah in the bible they had arabic names like uh they, they interpret the name of this uh mayor or whatever you want to call him of jerusalem abdi heba as being related to a goddess in anatolia but i highly doubt that i think it's actually just uh abdul Habi, which means the, the servant of the loving one or creation And uh, uh, so, uh, I'd say it's clearly Arabic, an early form of Arabic. And the region was also in contact with the uh, Arabian Peninsula, as we see recorded in the Bible also. Solomon is supposed to have had uh, a bunch of uh, commerce with Yemen or with Queen of Sheba. So, uh, I think Arabic itself originated in that region because of the evidence that it traces to the Levant, and that it's specifically Judah was actually a group of Egyptians that uh, participated in trade and uh, kind of uh, had made trade routes throughout the Arabian Peninsula down to Yemen uh, and possibly further, but that these guys were closer to being like Arabs uh, than they were to uh, say, the modern Isra- Israelis, who are descended from the so-called Israelites, <clears throat> who were these Habiru that settled around Shechem. So and I, think I think they've been covering this up, honestly. I mean, that, that explanation that Abdi Heba means a, uh, a Hurrian goddess is, it seems like nonsense to me. It's just a lie to cover up the fact that Jerusalem was historically an Arab city. <clears throat> and yeah, they spoke different languages in the region, but look, Germany, in Germany, you just, you have like people speaking Alemanish, just west of people speaking Byrish, right? They're two different languages, and they're in the same area. Same thing with, with Egypt, the Egyptians, and by the way, yes, the whole thing was Egypt. So either way, the Jews or Israelis are Egyptians, and they're not some separate country. But uh, same thing in Egypt, the Egyptians had the Egyptian language being spoken in Upper and Lower Egypt. They had the Phoenician language being spoken in northern Canaan. And they had apparently, I think, Arabic being spoken in southern Canaan. And I think that's where Arabic actually comes from. is from what's called Judah. In fact, Judah means, originally Yehudi means uh, he who masters the desert. So <clears throat> I think that uh, that's really what's going on here, is that these people were not necessarily the and entirely derived they were derived from the arabian peninsula and there's a lot of other factors there like the sumerians in the eastern area uh what they call dil moon and uh <clears throat> it's dominated by haplogroup j1 whereas egypt is dominated uh by haplogroups e, e1 but it's e1 j2 and uh, r1b at the time mostly r1b actually in canaan and so i think uh uh, that these people were genetically somewhat more like, uh, Germanic or something like that mixed with these other factors. But the fact is that they were speaking Arabic and culturally were more like Arabs than like the present Jews who were based on like the, uh, the sect, right? The Bar Kokhba sect that was banished from Judea. So <clears throat> I do not think that, uh, there's any legitimacy to this recent decision to make the capital of Israel Jerusalem. Ironically the actual so-called capital. Or like nest of criminality. Of the Israelites. Who were a bunch of criminals. Was Shechem. Which is in the West Bank. Now. But. Uh, <laughs> it's I, I, We'll see what happens in the West Bank. But the fact is it wasn't Jerusalem. Okay Jerusalem was a city of like. Uh, Egyptian Arabs or something like that. And. Uh, and it was not the the, the location of the Habiru uh, during the Amarna letters time, which is when they are recorded to have invaded the region. So I am very uh, skeptical about all this stuff. I think Israel is an illegitimate country and it shouldn't exist. That it should be part of Lebanon or Egypt or both. I mean, honestly, if you want to go back, if you want to go back that far, they're talking about going back to like King David. Well, King David was a vassal of the Egyptian pharaoh. There's no doubt about that because his descendant, King Hezekiah, had an ankh and a uh, sun disc on his seal. He was an Egyptian vassal. And by the way, the shield of David, which they say say is this hexagram, right, which is a symbol of being a criminal and a symbol of uh, materialism, a symbol of uh, all sorts of negative stuff. Uh, that's not what it actually was. I think it was an Ankh myself, given the evidence that Hezekiah had an Ankh on his own seal. So I think the seal of David was probably the same thing, an Ankh and a winged sun disk, because he was an Egyptian. So there's two things going on here with these fake religions and fake uh, identities or whatever ethnicities. First of all, like the Jews are just Egyptians, they're just a heretical sect of Egyptians that are heavily influenced by the criminal culture of the Habiru. And secondly, all these religions that claim to be orthodox are fake because they are not Egyptian. Because the actual religion of the prophets is the Egyptian religion, uh, believe it or not. And what the Egyptians did, gods were it's representations of what we now call angels, which are realities. Uh, they're things like uh, Horus and Isis and uh, Osiris, uh, Anubis, Anubis. Apophis, these things are all just the ancient Egyptian idols or symbols, symbolizations of these actual angelic intelligences or whatever you want to call them. Uh, And the, I mean, for example, Amun is what they call what Enoch referred to as Uriel uh, in the form of a ram. This is not like some See, people, people have been misled by the Jewish religion and all of its lies to think, first of all, that the Jews are Egyptians, and secondly, that the Egyptians are some kind of heathen group that was punished by God. It's all lies. The actual history is that the Habiru, from which the Jews are partly descended, uh, called the Hyksos, enslaved the Egyptians. And an Egyptian pharaoh named Moses, the I, drove them out. So it's not... Uh, <laughs> It's not at all the way it's described in their version of the Torah. So I think their Torah is clearly false. It's been falsified. It was written in the second temple period. It's not historically accurate. And the original Torah, I think, was actually uh, probably written in Arabic, honestly. Uh, If not, I mean, an early version of Arabic uh, or whatever. But I think that... uh, it also clearly had to correspond to real history, things like the Habiru uh, invading Shechem in the Amarna letters, things like the Habiru enslaving the Egyptians uh, and Moses being an Egyptian. There, there were actually three different Moseses, first of all, they confused. There was uh, Thutmose uh, the Third, who was in control uh, of Egypt during the uh, flood or whatever you wanna call it, the eruption of Santorini. That was one of them. One of them was the I, who was the pharaoh uh, who drove out the Habiru. Now, the evil pharaoh, you see, <clears throat> in the Bible, was not a typical Egyptian pharaoh. That was Pharaoh Apophis of the Habiru. That was a Jewish pharaoh, you might say. So it's pretty damn ironic, but that's what actually happened, is that the pharaoh, the evil pharaoh in the Bible, was basically a Jew. He was a Hibiru and a Hexos, and he was driven out by Moses who was an Egyptian. Now this term also that they use all the time to say that the people are Jews, Hebrew, right? That originally Ibri does not mean like some ethnicity, it just means a person who travels around and engages in merchandise and uh, in translation and interpretation and stuff like that. It means like a... uh, It means like like an Arab almost in the desert or somebody, it's a general term for somebody who travels around and engages in trade. So you had the uh, Hebrews of uh, the Phoenicians who did this by sailing, and you had the ones in Arabia and in Jerusalem who did it by the desert, by traveling the desert. So it's not an ethnic term. Uh, You could be a Hebrew if you were any race, just so long as you were engaged in trade. That's one thing right so they talk about abraham the hebrew or whatever i mean the first thing is they're not the sense of abraham abraham was uh actually r1b so he was actually germanic and was the therefore the ancestor only of r1b or germanic people in and i'm saying he was germanic r1b he was not the anatolian version and was the ancestor of say the egyptian pharaohs as well as numerous other people in the region who were of germanic descent so it's only the R1B people in the Levant that are descendants of Abraham and not the Jews. <clears throat> this is all historical facts, all right? Here's something that I want to talk about is that we have a big problem with holding on to fake beliefs and not respecting reality, which is what the Monty Hall thing is all about. Muhammad, who was was a true prophet, regardless of whatever they say about his life or, or whatever, uh, and the stupid religions that came out of it now, which are crap. I mean, they are. But the fact is, the guy was a real prophet, and that's definitely been proven at this point by things like them finding Noah's Ark exactly where he said it would be, uh, and numerous other things. But the thing is that the guy uh, actually dis- distinguished not between belief and disbelief, as it's commonly interpreted, but between Iman and Kufr, Kufr, or Kufrun, which means to... Uh, Not to disbelieve, all right, what it actually means is to believe in something and to then cover up the truth in order to ignore other possibilities, whereas Iman does not mean belief. It means trust. It means well-founded, wise trust and making a good bet without certainty. So it does not mean belief. And this this is what I'm talking about with Islam, totally falsifying Muhammad's teaching. I mean, there's lots of other stuff said about Muhammad that people will criticize. They'll always nitpick, you know, you have these Christians and these Jews talking about Muhammad being violent, which is absurd in the context of what their people have done, like the Bar Kokhba revolt, which massacred civilians. They were the original ISIS. That's what Judaism is based on. And of course, the Inquisition was the biggest mass murder of all time until the communists. So uh, it's ridiculous. What did Muhammad actually do? I don't know, he killed some criminals, I guess. Like, that's what's what, what the U.S. does right now. So I don't see exactly how you can criticize that. As a matter of fact, what I see Mohammed as giving us an example of is what we should do with these so-called Islamists like ISIS, which is just, you know, kill them, which is what he did. And why? Because they're a threat to life. Because it's not because, like, the thing is, I think he was actually against the death penalty, for example. I think they just added that in from Judaism. It uh, doesn't actually even say it in the Quran uh, That's all in the Ahadith The Ahadith are all are These uh, sayings of Muhammad or, uh, About his life Like maybe half of which are falsified Or contradict each other uh, Some of them are, you know, you have to Approach them with massive caution Because there's so much Jewish crap in there I don't know why, but there's tons of stuff from Judaism Like this ban on pork For example uh, Is from Judaism <clears throat> Among many other Things So I think a lot of Jews converted to Islam at some point and they brought in their stupid teachings from Judaism and imposed them on uh, Muhammad's teaching now Muhammad however did not teach this Jewish crap that we call Sunnism and Shiism or this Christian stuff that was also added in he essentially was just following the same uh, kind of morality and logic as the ancient Egyptians did uh, the ancient Egyptian prophets like Enoch, for example, so uh, he was not uh, he was not teaching this this silly hypocrisy. Like you're going to ban this or that method of slaughter. Like that's Ju- that's Judaism, okay? That's not Islam. That's not you know. You want to know what Islam actually means from Muhammad is the surrender to the gods, which means Allah, right? The surrender to these angels or whatever you want to call them that are literally warning us and threatening us right now that are, uh, bringing us to our own demise if we don't stop what we're doing. So that's what Islam means. It means surrender to the gods. Uh, and Muhammad also was, would not have been hostile to say the Germanic traditional religion or the Celtic traditional religion, like the Catholic church was, he would have recognized that it was the same thing as what, whatever the Arabs had in their traditions. I mean, look, his father before Islam even existed was called the servant of Allah, which means that he was the what the servant of the gods. So I think Muhammad, if he had been in Britain, for example, would have been friendly to the witches, the Celts, he would not have waged a massacre against them. The idea that he waged massacres against foreign religions is not true. What he actually did is he eliminated fake and dangerous religions, not traditional religions, but. But dangerous stuff and criminals like, uh, uh, what they call the Jews, right? In fact, I think the term Jew at the time was a generalized, generalized from the Jewish mob to refer to any gangsters. So we don't even know if the people that he tortured or, or whatever were actually Jews or possibly just gangsters. But that's what he actually went against. He wasn't for what these ISIS guys are doing right now, which is just destroying everything. And it's all a bunch of silliness, really. I mean, they they talk about not making an image of Allah, which is nonsense, right? You can make an image of the gods because they're just highly evolved spirits. And in fact, you should in order to comprehend them. And you can't, you can't even avoid it, honestly, because we create an image of any kind, like Batman. We even create a word and it creates, it, it always refers to them. <laughs> if it refers to a, an all-powerful entity, it's always going to talk about something that's equivalent to like Thor or Loki, right? So uh, Muhammad would not have uh, been this intolerant and eh, it's just simply not his teaching anymore. I mean, ISIS follows like 5% of it. In fact, ISIS is exactly what Muhammad actually did kill. All right, so I, Muhammad would not have killed Native Americans or Celts or Germans, right? He would have said, oh, look, Thor is just this. He would have said that's just just, just this particular angel or whatever, uh, in my understanding. Whereas ISIS is the kind of people he killed. And I'm saying literally that's who he killed. Jews, for example, who belonged to the Bar Kokhba sect that was still active in Arabia had been banished from uh, Judea, the Roman Empire for being the ancient ISIS, for killing civilians and terror attacks. Incredibly brutal stuff is reported about them. I don't know how much of it's true, but I mean, certainly massive numbers of people died as a result, millions died. Uh, And uh, that's why the sect was banned by Emperor Hadrian. Now they were in Arabia because they'd been banished from the Roman empire. And that's what, look, that's the religions that Muhammad went after. Muhammad did not go after like traditional Arab paganism or whatever, like they, like they report. He didn't go after all idols and destroy all idols. That's nonsense. They might've done that later on in their fanaticism. Maybe when they, what, when they adopted Judaism, which had the exact same mentality as that suspiciously enough, because who it wasn't, that it was first destroying idols and killing infidels. It was the Jews. <clears throat> so I think that's, uh, Ironically derived from the exact same people that Muhammad persecuted who were these who were the ancient Isis known as the Jews Now the Jews aren't Isis anymore as I've said before I think that the Egyptians the original Egyptians Had a rather higher level of evolution Than people around them, but at the same time they went through this inquisition in 135 AD which Europeans then went through in uh, the 17th century right so the and what Muslims are going through now in 2017, which indicates they're at a lower level of evolution on average. Because they're just a very large religion, right, that goes through all these different countries in the world. And uh, the population is also so big. I mean, overpopulation is definitely part of it in places okay. like Pakistan and India, but uh, <clears throat> Indonesia, etc. But the main point here is not just to say like, oh, that... Uh, You know, the average Jew now is responsible. But the fact is, they're always covering this up. They're always covering up the fact that Bar Kokhba was the original ISIS, and that that's what Judaism is based on. They're always ignoring the fact that when they talk about Muslims, that the evil in Islam comes straight from Judaism. Islam is heavily influenced by Judaism. uh, And that's what where all of the heresy comes from in Islam. It's where Sunnism and Shiism come from. So... You can't talk about uh, Muhammad being the source of this. He simply was not. Even according to their, whatever, their barbaric record of his life, uh, he didn't do stuff like that. He wasn't a criminal. He just, he literally went after criminals. He was like iron-fisted. Maybe he was comparable to like Hitler or something uh, with regard to how he treated these criminals, but he was not like going around like uh, taking sex slaves and raping people and stuff like that, like ISIS does. That's just not true. I mean, like, what did he do? He made a few uh, political marriages, supposedly. I doubt that as well, honestly. I mean, we don't know very much about his life because most of it was recorded long after. But what we do know is Muhammad went after the ancient version of ISIS. That is the Bar Kokhba sect of Judaism. Uh, so in the modern times, if we took Muhammad as an example, we would also be going after these people and treating them with an iron fist which is what he did muhammad was not uh, at all the source of what they're doing it's the opposite. i'm saying that historically this stuff comes from judaism and muhammad specifically persecuted those people which means the criminal and fanatical religious jews those are the main people they persecuted in arabia Because they were totally out of control, just like Afghanistan is now. It was the same sort of thing, a mixture of, like, the mob, like highway robbers, and uh, fanatics, like the Taliban. And, in fact, that mentality, you want to find an example of just that mentality. The only two examples, well, actually, I can think of three examples, but two out of three in history, uh, well, okay, there's there's many examples, right? Uh, But I'm saying that are just like this in character, with even some of the same doctrines, would have to be the Inquisition of the Catholic Church and then the later witch hunts that were carried on by Protestants, as well as the, the, bar, the, the sect of Shimon bar Kokhba, uh, i.e. Judaism. So this is clearly not something isolated to Islam or, or deriving from Mohammed. It's just a lie. And there's tons of propaganda out there about the Judeo-Christian world. It's nonsense, okay? <clears throat> Our problem is that we have fake religions in general. All these religions are heresy now, but I mean, Christianity, Judaism, they're provably crap, provably lies, and not based on the original teachings or meanings of the prophets. As I explained before, you know, Jesus' uh, crucifixion was about survival and about enduring suffering. It was not about uh, sacrificing himself for your sins. It's just a lie. It was invented by the Catholic Church in their fake conferences about what the supposed doctrines of the faith are. And they're a bunch of liars. They have sick ideas, too, like celibacy, and they're a bunch of homosexuals. I'll get, I won't get. will get into that right now. But that same sort of stuff, as I've dis- discussed before, is present in all the fake religions. Buddhism, for example, has tons of homosexuality. Judaism has tons of it. Christianity has tons of it. Saudi Arabia has tons of homosexuality. Iran, traditionally, that I don't know about right now, but they're definitely like an inquisition right now, whatever the case. So... <clears throat> The same sort of psychology behind all these fake religions, homosexual liars, perverts, sadists, pedophiles, and I mean, I don't mean like, I don't think Muhammad was a pedophile. Okay, back in those days, very young girls married all the time; it was normal. I'm talking about homosexuality, where they take a little boy and they sexually abuse him. That's called pederasty, right? We invented the term pedophile recently to try to equate uh, young girls marrying older men with. Uh, with pederasty it's just a part of their twisting of the truth again they're trying to get us to accept everything perverted but traditionally the word pederasty meant both homosexuality and what we call pedophilia uh involving young boys so that's what i'm talking about that's that was widespread in iran it's widespread right now in saudi arabia uh it's very widespread among the jews totally out of control and it was widespread among the habiru as well uh in Shechem and and in in Sinai so i don't uh, i think there's definitely a psychological element here in why these religions are so full of it and why they are so sadistic uh, and, and absurd and narcissistic but the uh, <clears throat> fact is mohammed wasn't like that at all he wasn't uh, homosexual he wasn't and uh, he wasn't uh, some kind of i mean look this is the same sort of stuff they say about hitler okay cuz hitler half the stuff they say about him is lies like Hitler was gay, you know. Hitler ordered the Holocaust. There isn't even a single document showing that he did. Uh, The Holocaust itself is so exaggerated, it's ridiculous. But it was really the Thule Society, and Hitler simply conceded to it. The evidence shows that it was actually Himmler and uh, others around him in the Thule Society who were behind the Holocaust, and Hitler agreed to it on the cynical terms, I guess, of finances and uh, and, and war rationing and that sort of thing but it also was mostly just euthanasia right? Yeah, he, uh, he agreed to it as euthanasia. That's the problem here. So it's, it's, it's described as being a plan to exterminate Jews when it just wasn't. It's a lie. It was a method of euthanasia of people who were starving so uh, and that's the same kind of stupid crap they believe in in Europe right now and even our so-called philosophers like Peter Singer believe in this crap, euthanasia. Uh, which is a, a crime against nature. But the uh, in Belgium, if you're a 12-year-old girl and you're depressed, you can get uh, suicided by your doctor. So people still believe the same stuff that was behind the Holocaust. The Holocaust wasn't caused by racism or anti-Semitism or criticizing your stupid religion and your lies. It was caused by believing in euthanasia, which Europeans still believe in. So um, that's, a, that's an aside. But the same sort of thing with Muhammad. They talk about Muhammad torturing this supposedly innocent jew to find his gold what they omit there is that the guy was a highway robber who stole this gold from people that he murdered so the guy was a criminal and muhammad was recovering the stuff that he stole to give back to the relatives of the victims so no muhammad was not just torturing jews for no reason it's a lie and uh I think the Saudis right now are trash, honestly. I don't have a, any respect for their culture or their the way they behave. But they aren't representative of of, of Muhammad. Uh, they're representative of modern degeneration, just like how the modern Italians in the Catholic Church are not the same as the ancient Romans. You know, Ancient Romans had uh, amazing emperors that wrote in timeless treatises on philosophy like Marcus Aurelius. Now Italy is just a crime-ridden hellhole with a bunch of mafiosos and homosexual priests. So, I'm not saying that the Arabs are essentially bad, but the it's the same sort of thing as with Italy. They went downhill. You know, they used to be Muhammad with law and order and uh, courage and so forth. And now they're just a bunch of cowards sending terrorists out to do the dirty work for them, as they commit crimes and have a lawless society in their own country. They pretend to be a bunch of you know, totalitarians, but they aren't at all. They're just a bunch of lying criminals. So I think that's how you have to see it. I mean, it's the same sort of thing as happened in Italy. Italy went way downhill because of the Catholic church and the mafia and Saudi Arabia. Likewise has gone downhill because of the fake Sunni religion and the, uh, their fake interpretation of Islam. Uh, I mean, Shiism is fake too, though. Uh, <clears throat> and, and also their, uh, I don't. I don't mean like Sufis. I mean like their mainstream Sunni stuff and their Wahhabism and so forth. It's not really Wahhabism. It's like whatever. It's just hypocrisy. They just. They don't. They just. They don't enforce any actual laws. It's like uh, Sicily, all right. So they went way downhill because of that and because of organized crime, just like with Italy. So back in Muhammad's day, uh, Arabia was like the Roman Empire. It was conquering all sorts of territories and bringing law and order all around the world. And then uh, right now it's the same thing as Italy. It's decay. It's just degeneration. It's gone downhill and because of crime uh, You know sexual perversion uh, Hypocrisy materialism basically lack of spirituality fake religion just based on being a hypocrite and pretending that you're a good person because you don't eat pork or because you pray five times a day or Or maybe maybe not even that you know, whatever they do in Saudi Arabia it's just a big passion. It's just Disneyland for Muslims. And, uh, you know, then, then they execute the occasional Shiite in order to make it look like they're enforcing the laws. But uh, <clears throat> it's the same thing with all these. See, the problem here really is, as I, as I said, fundamentally organized crime that's tolerated and not destroyed, which is what Muhammad would have done. we would have destroyed that crime. Uh, he would have killed those people or put them in jail if they had jails. Uh, The other thing is the fake religions the heresy. That's exactly what he went after and the reason why is because this is destructive to all of society Um, I'm not saying that individual beliefs should ever be Repressed and I don't think he thought that either you can believe whatever you want as an individual But cults right stuff like Jim Jones Should not be allowed and that's what all these fake religions are in a more uh, innocuous seeming form is Jim Jones. Uh, They are uh, these evil, lying cult leaders, brainwashing people and concealing the truth, right? Concealing the actual meaning of the Bible, uh, the prophets, uh, the actual meaning of reality, and enabling organized crime. So, uh, back after the uh, break here, but uh, this is The True World of Matthew Deagle.
0: And we'll be right back after this message.
1: She travels to Earth through the rainbow crystal bubbles from the furthest reaches of space and time, across the dimensions to the elements, and in harmony with the colors of the universe. Through her mastery of abstract, stream-of-consciousness malapopisms, she weaves a web of comic, satiric, cosmic conversation. Her subjects can range from Norman, the goose next door, to astrology and earth changes, and into the deep recesses of the soul matrix. She holds a wealth of knowledge on herbs, plants, and astrology. Join Mona and her guests on Adventures of a Feral Hippie as she touches the earthly radio waves five days a week at 2 p.m. Monday to Friday on Studio B at Revolution Radio. Sending time and space, let us take you to the place inside your mind where thoughts divide and mysteries unwind. Join us every Monday evening right here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, and you will catch The Fenton Perspective with our great host, Lorian Fenton. Come listen in as she shares her amazing stories from the past to present, along with all of her guest secrets to the future. That's the Fenton Perspective, every Monday evening, right here from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Revolution Radio. Oh, and uh, you don't need to expect us. We're already here.
2: Who are we? Where do we come from? Are you curious about the origins of the human race? Join me, Gavin McCall, and a variety of guests on Ancient Humans, where we decipher world events, explore scientific theories, personal stories, myths, mysteries, and lore about the history of the human race. Hi, everybody. It's me, the Fetch, host of Inside the Eye Live. Before the Sunday mainstream media political pundit talk shows, there is Inside the Eye Live, where we break down some of the weekly mainstream media talking points before the talking points even get aired. Add in some entertaining stories, weather, cats, Intriguing and informative guests, and you get one of the most listened to Saturday morning streaming media political talk shows going today. And it's all right here on our flagship station, Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. So join me, The Fetch, for Inside the Eye Live every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern. It is truly intelligent media for the politically aware. All right, so as I was saying, I mean, uh, these prophets, I think, if you're honest about them, you can see see that they're real prophets. There's a reason why Muhammad caught on. He wasn't just some con man or whatever. Uh, But the problem is that uh, his teaching is not followed anymore, and it's been falsified by all these fake interpretations that are based on Judaism. So uh, the Islam we know today, the religion is so heavily influenced by Judaism, it cannot be equated with the teachings of Muhammad anymore. Muhammad uh, behaved, his whole philosophy was about logic and knowledge and making a good bet based on improved knowledge. That was his term, Iman, right? Iman does not mean belief like it's interpreted to mean. There's totally different words for to believe. Uh, Like, for example, uh, the verb, usabdik, right? That means to believe to hold uh, somebody to be telling the truth, right? That's not the, the meaning of Uminu uh, or to trust in something based on making a good assessment of the situation. It means, That means to have wise trust or to uh, what's so-called faith. It does not mean just believing because you feel like you want it to be true. It means actually <clears throat> making a wise selection of what to do or what to pay attention to, which is flexible and can change. So it's Monty Hall, right? Monty Hall is a problem where you have three doors and the host of a show has, tells you there's a prize behind one of the doors and you don't know which one. You choose one, and then he shows you that one of the other doors you haven't chosen doesn't have the prize behind it. So he has to show you that it doesn't have a prize and he can't show you your own door he can only show you one of, the, one of the other doors and then what happens is if you switch he gives you the option to switch which door you've chosen to the other one that he hasn't revealed yet which means essentially he's giving you the option of choosing either one of the doors that does not have right he's giving you the option of choosing either one of the doors that does not have the prize uh, the, the, the uh, behind it he's showing you one of the doors that does not have the prize behind it so he show, he's giving you the option of which one has is more likely to have the prize behind it, has a two-thirds chance of having the prize behind it, showing you that changing your belief in that situation is wise, right? Uh, you simply, if you, but the thing is, people, when they're asked this question, often stick with their first choice, with their belief, with the door they want to have the prize behind it, instead of the one that more likely will which is the one that he has not opened yet, right? That might have the prize behind it or might not. It's the same idea. That's what a man is. It means making a wise, trusting wisely, right? So it's not wise to trust in the first thing you chose when he then shows you that one of the other doors doesn't have the prize behind it. That's the idea here. That's why around the same time, that uh, Hugh Hefner was buried, Monty Hall died around the same time that this uh, attack occurred in Las Vegas. He's showing us that we're making stupid choices based on belief or kufr, which means uh, false belief that excludes something real. All right. So Monty Hall is all about the tendency of people to misapprehend a situation where they have false, wrong beliefs, to have illogical beliefs. That's what it's all about. is That's what Kufr is, right? It doesn't mean to disbelieve in the stupid teachings of these Shiite clerics. <clears throat> it means to believe wrongly and thereby to cover up the truth and pay attention to what you want to be true instead of what actually might be. So it means being unopened to, to logic and new information. Muhammad taught logic as the base, as, as the, uh, the word of God. Reality, logic, facts, and knowledge and evolution. Wisdom was what it's all about. Or Hikmah, which means wisdom. It was not, and that, that's why early Muslims, as you'll note, were all studying scientific subjects like al-Biruni and so forth. They were at the forefront of scientific advancement. Whereas modern Muslims are a bunch of whatever, it's like mid the middle ages again. Or really like the Renaissance, like the Inquisition. Uh, That's because they're not following Muhammad's teaching. They're following Judaism instead. And Judaism, at that time, Bar Kokhba Judaism was was a bunch of fanatical crap based on arbitrary beliefs. Okay. So, uh, as I said, this is something which has shown up multiple times. Uh, I've discussed this before on a program a couple times ago, but it's a very important thing to consider, all right? So around the same time that Monty Hall died, right, the guy who was the host of the program that this problem is based on, uh, Marilyn Monroe, her grave was right next to where Hugh Hefner was buried. So Hugh Hefner, a guy who represents what? Uh, Wantonness and foolishness, was buried next to Marilyn Monroe. The woman who solved this problem in her column, uh, Marilyn Voss Savant, same name. The, the, the name Marilyn is a female form of the name Merlin, meaning the great knowing one. So Merlin, uh, as you know from the Arthur stories, was a druid that uh, represented the same concept of making the right choice based on improved knowledge as opposed to having a, an arbitrary set belief. You see, the whole idea is having an arbitrary belief is imposing your will on reality, instead of paying attention to what actually might be true. In other words, closing your mind to the reality and disrespecting the actual God or creation by not accepting what might really be true. Which is what's going on all over the place with our scientists, our economists uh ignoring in particular right this all happened around the same time as the worst hurricane season in history uh it's all about the fact that we are not going with the right option in order to solve the problems of the environment and war uh in particular the environment which is that we have a massive overpopulation and that's what he meant by doing this all at the same time or raguel if I have to explain, I'll I'll explain it again. Okay. If if it's not clear to the audience. All right. So you have to, it's a good idea when you find out that something that you have don't believe in, right, is false. When you find out that something you don't believe in is false uh, and for whatever reason you cannot be shown your own belief is false first, then there's that should open your mind to new possibilities, it actually means it's more likely that you are going to succeed at making the right choice by changing your belief to something else in the wide range of possibilities as opposed to sticking with your belief. Because because the fact is that there's always going to be a higher probability that Give, okay. The, the basis of it is that your choice is arbitrary and based on no knowledge whatsoever, right? And that's true. That if you admit it to yourself, your beliefs are just a random thing, pretty much. It's just a, a matter of where you were born, what culture you're in, uh, and what sort of stuff you find is expedient to your social life or whatever. It's not uh, based on knowledge. So the whole idea is, if you make a if you make a choice based on nothing. With no knowledge and just will, just desire, just what you think you want to be true, then it becomes a worse option than changing that choice arbitrarily. You see? So that's the whole point is that actually people are making a bad bet by committing kufr or believing in crap for no reason. That's it, it really boils down to something else more general here that your, uh, that really your will should be based on logic and true love and not based on, uh, arbitrary desires. And that's what the whole story of the serpent and Eve is about as well. Oh, and by the way, in regard to this, I want to talk about something else that the reason what part of the reason besides evolution, that Judah, the Jews aren't as uh, crazy as they were back then, but they're still very corrupt and criminal and so forth because the criminal stuff hasn't stopped. Uh, and of course there are some crazy uh, rabbis and so forth still, but a major reason why is because of Islam actually. So this is ironic because they're always talking about Muslims uh, in a disparaging light. But the fact is that Kabbalah, as we call it, the mystical side of Judaism originates with Sufism or Islam. It actually comes from Islam and not from Judaism uh, because in Iberia the Jews where Kabbalah originated were under the control of the Ottoman Empire. And there were Sufi Muslims there who practiced all this stuff, like Abjad, uh, which is the Su- the Arab version of Jematria. uh everything that you find in Kabbalah. But even the terms, like Zohar, the name of the book that Moses de Leon claims to have uh, whatever preserved, it's actually just written, just essentially a rewrite of Islamic uh, mysticism. <clears throat> The the term comes from the uh, name of God that Muhammad, or a name of creation, actually, not God, the name of creation that Muhammad invented, a Vahir, which means the light or the light of interconnectedness. So, uh, actually, the more mystical and civilized aspect of Judaism is partly derived from Islam, partly from. Uh, Of course, just contact with Europeans and gradual evolution. Uh, Because, as I said, the Egyptians actually were at a higher level of evolution on average than the Europeans at the time. But uh, the thing is that uh, right now, I think the Jews are going through something else, which is terrible, which is materialism. They are a bunch of atheists and criminals that, uh, are living in a a similar kind of delusion based on covering up the truth They're they've arbitrarily chosen door a, and they think there's got to be a car behind it, but there's probably a goat behind it because as it turns out, you know, at the beginning, they only had a one in three chance to, to begin with and somebody else is offering them, well, you know, as it turns out, you actually Uh, have the option of changing to something else other than your stupid beliefs about uh, money and power being all that matters uh, and putting you on a path to suicide, but uh, you don't change it. So, uh, you know, you think about what this is about. Moreover, it's about natural selection. You know, this is the kind of thing that happens in nature when uh, something goes extinct because it fails to adapt. That is also meant by Monty Hall. There's very much depth to any communication of the arahata or the gods, but this is a very pertinent example lately. I find that a lot of the stuff that's happened the past few months revolves around this concept of iman versus kufr, uh, <clears throat> which is interpreted in, uh, by a lot of stupid Muslims to mean like belief versus disbelief in their nonsensical ideology. Uh, That's not at all what Muhammad meant by the terms. You look at the terms, the actual meaning is to have a, to make a, um, Uman means to make a good bet. It means to make a wise, to have wise trust in something. Iman, therefore, means to make a wise and uh, a wise bet uh, and, and therefore to control your behavior through wisdom. Kufr, means to cover up the truth by arbitrarily choosing that something is so because you want it to be so. So in other words, all these religious idiots are actually committing kufr. They're actually all kuffar in the original sense. This term now means infidels or whatever, you know, it's used by ISIS ironically, but ISIS themselves are Kufar. They are believers. They believe in things they want to believe in instead of facing reality. And, uh, In other words they're making a bad bet because it's just uh that's just not how it works you know if you if you have no knowledge if you make your choice based on arbitrary uh feelings or whatever then in the long run as your knowledge increases as you watch the other as you watch your enemies or whatever fail it's actually an indication to you that uh it's probably a good idea to switch to something else given that you don't really have any knowledge. <laughs> and so the, the, uh, that, that's the real meaning of the me, man. Right. And, uh, moreover, it's about making your trust, uh, and your cho- and your choice based on true love and your inspiration from your spirit. <clears throat> so you have to be flexible, but you have to be following this uh, narrow path of true love, which is what it also is all about. I mean, really, uh, what we call Cupid is another part of this intelligence, uh, which he co- which Muhammad called Allah. Actually, it's, uh, you know, the gods is what that literally means, the god or the gods, like uh, the, the collective of the gods. And in fact, following true love is a big part of this, because it's also what evolution is based on. Reproducing with somebody who is actually compatible with you, according to the judgment of the gods. And for some reason, you know, people don't know any of this anymore and they live in a happy little delusion. But as I said, it's not going to turn out well for them. Uh, I mean, look, first of all, uh, the Vatican and the Israelis, they are like on the hit list of Raguel, first of all. Those people are going to be wiped out. If they continue behaving the way they are, uh, he's essentially putting, uh, taking all the craziest uh, fanatics that there are and turning them on them. And the reason why. Is because that's exactly what they are. It's the boomerang, you see? Just like when he was a giant aborigine in outer space throwing a boomerang at us. It's the boomerang for the Jews with all their false teachings and religion and their lies. And the boomerang for the Vatican with the same thing. The Vatican's like the ultimate uh, mendacity factory Mm -hmm. of all time, besides like maybe communists. It's a bunch of lies. People need... The point here is with Monty Hall, okay? Is that you're not making a decision based on knowledge. You're making a decision based on what you want to be true in which situation it therefore is a good idea to remain flexible because without knowledge, flexibility means making a better bet. So do not uh, stay loyal to these fake religions. You should consider what the actual truth is until you have actual knowledge, knowledge, meaning uh, that you have something, that you have a situation where uh, the you know what something actually is as a whole and what something actually implies. So it's not belief anymore; it's knowledge, right? And you're impeding your way to knowledge by making the wrong choice of what to pay attention to. So. <clears throat> These religions, you owe them no loyalty. They are all—they're all BS. It's not what uh, Emmanuel uh, or Jesus, in other words, or Muhammad or Buddha or any of them taught. And they were actually all against exactly this sort of thing. Pharisees, for example, was the same thing as this. <clears throat> the Pharisees were a bunch of lying, uh, sadistic you know hypocrites and, and heretics same as isis in fact literally that's what they became was a terrorist organization pretty soon after like what how many how many years after like 30 40 years after uh he was crucified pharisees turned into isis they went around massacring civilians and this is how it is i mean you have these these different kinds of people that are in what the ancient egyptians called isfet or the realm of uh injustice the realm of not even that's not even the right term for it the realm of lawlessness isfet versus moth, the realm of law and order and uh, and love and organization when you're in isfet that means that apophis can kick your ass however he wants to uh so you get what you deserve that's why it's a boomerang um the, <laughs> the thing is, I mean, people just aren't paying attention to what these, uh, what, what, what these omens mean. That the, the reason why there are omens, as I said, is because the gods, they don't want to interfere too much in our evolution. And our evolution depends in part on being able to understand symbols and symbolic communications and the meaning of geometry and so forth. So we have to pay attention to those symbols in order to evolve to begin with, and therefore they communicate to us in symbols in order to tell us what's going on and where we're headed. <clears throat> they do this by controlling coincidences, synchronicity. And that's what—that's why I think uh, from my perspective, reading the news every day pretty much, and paying attention to the connections between events, that there's no doubt in my mind that the, that Raguel is trying to communicate to us about where we're headed, uh, by causing events to occur at the same time synchronously. And namely his main communications recently, our climate change is running out of control over populations out of control. <clears throat> our society is headed for self-destruction because of its lack of true love, which is the basis for social organization. Uh, And it's all because we decide to force our will on reality and insist that Monty Hall is just trying to trick us by giving us the option of changing what we believe in. When it's not the case, Monty Hall is actually tricking himself, if anything, because he's making you have a better chance of taking his expensive car that he just offered up as a prize. So the idea that you're being seduced away from your nonsensical beliefs is dangerous. The reality is that your beliefs are dangerous if they are not uh, wise and that wisdom itself comes from knowledge and not from belief. So you have to have wisdom, you have to have knowledge first, then you have wisdom. And once you have wisdom, you can make, You can have better, better beliefs or better trust. You can know what to trust in with a better chance because you're making an intelligent decision. And that's what uh, this is all about is that people are not basing their beliefs on knowledge. They're not basing what they choose on what is likely. They're doing it based on what they just want to be. And that's what a lot of this uh, really boils down to. Uh, the modern fake religions, like uh, feminism, for example, it's just complete nonsense. Not, I mean, they always take take credit for things like women's suffrage or things they had nothing to do with. Essentially, it's not uh, not related to feminism any more than uh, the Enlightenment is related to Catholicism. It's just BS. There's there was no uh, you know the the reason why Isaac Newton discovered the laws of physics is not because he was a Christian, right? Same thing with with feminism. It's just taking credit for stuff that had nothing to do with essentially. And in reality, feminism is a complete lie. The denial of sex differences, which is a scientific fact, the denial of human nature, and ultimately the denial of true love, which is so universal you wouldn't believe it. I mean, everything in the universe is divided into male and female. Everything. And male and female is the basis of reality. So you wouldn't have reality if you didn't have uh, a marriage between male and female. That's in fact what, what the gods actually are. They're, they're actually not male or female. They're a marriage between a male and a female. And a, and a true love, an actual marriage between a man and a woman, even in our material world, creates the ubermensch or the uh, the same sort of thing it creates something which is greater than a human being or a One in two is what I call it. It's a singular Consciousness and two bodies which therefore has the capacities of male and female In one and is superior to either apart. It's more than the parts apart that is what these things all are these angels are all like in a state of androgynous, uh, they're all alchemical androgynes, or in a state of uh, union of male and female. And no, that does not mean that being an intersex person or whatever yourself is going to do the job, because guess what? Uh, Anybody who's anything but a full male is female. So there's only two sexes, and anything androgynous is female overall, because females are already partly male and partly female. If they were hundred percent female, they'd be totally negative and passive. So the fact of the matter is there's only two sexes. Sex differences are essential and there's tons mountains of evidence for sex differences determined by biology that are not just physical, but psychological. And I think that the more evidence piles up, the larger the gulf will appear between men and women in the way they think and in their role in society, and all of it boils down essentially to our basic function of being a father or a mother. So anything that a woman is good at is going to be a generalization of being a mother, basically, Uh, which means being a mother itself is definitely uh, an essential part of it, or at least in an abstract sense. And I think that if you fail at that, you fail at life. If you don't in some way be a mother, whether it's like being a teacher or academic or, if preserving your culture and traditions in some way, uh, then you are no longer really functioning. You're, you've been deselected from evolution because you failed at your evolutionary task. Same thing with men, if they don't succeed at <coughs> doing what men do, which in a general sense I think is obtaining wisdom and bringing us forward in evolution. Which, uh, therefore, we also have a lot of men that are, uh, oh yeah, a hell of a lot of men that are deselected from evolution. Very dangerous. I mean, if you think about it, people think of love as being, again, their will. Everything boils down to their will for modern people. It's all just what you want and your freedom. But your freedom is just stupidity if it's not informed. And your will is worthless if it's not based on the truth. And the truth is the same thing as true love. That means the actual fact that everything is connected to everything else. That everything is, uh, everything's actual value depends on what it is in the cosmos. And therefore, it does, living in isolation and whatever, it's just stupidity. It's just being somebody that desires things because they're conditioned to, instead of actually... Uh, going with their inner self, their spirit, and what actually matters. So uh, that's the problem here: is that people have not yet learned their lesson, and so Ra'Guel is going to make sure they learn their lesson. And because his 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 value is not our humane uh, considerations, some people have. Falsely characterized him as being the devil or whatever. It's just not true It's not like he's out there to seduce us. We're not seduced by Roguel. Okay. We're seduced by other human beings and by ourselves We're seduced by things like the Pope. All right. He's a seducer not Roguel Roguel is just uh, uh, <clears throat> Well, he's if anything trying to guide us and get us to change for the better unfortunately because he's realistic about it, that means that we have to suffer. So he's going to make sure that if we continue on the path we're on, we're going to go through hell on earth. Uh, And that will be our lesson about the boomerang that we have thrown at ourselves. It's, it has nothing to do with, you know, it's it's not even really a punishment. It's actually a lesson. Like this is not Raquel punishing us. He has no reason to punish. It's just stupid. Punishment wouldn't, do anything unless it has some kind of lesson. So it's not punishment either. It's actually just a lesson. And that's why, in every case, what he does is he just turns against us what we ourselves create. And then he tells us something at the same time about why it happened. So <clears throat> we have these big hurricanes. At the same time, you, know, you might say he kills Monty Hall because it's about that's pretty much what's going on in our academia is that they. Are going with all sorts of their desire they they desire the solution to this to be anything but the actual door with that shiny auto behind it which is the reduction of the population they want it to be anything but the real fact and they even know it it isn't even a situation of, of, of of a lack of knowledge uh it's the same sort of thing with uh i mean there's lots of stuff like this. I mean, that's, that's, that's also why Monty Hall was chosen. I think is because that was a problem that a lot of academics got wrong. Even mathematicians and people with PhDs, Like uh, even Paul Erdos, uh, had to run it on a computer to find out it was right, which is interesting to me, but it suggests that there's some kind of psychological element here. It's like, there's a psychological block on recognizing the fact that your beliefs don't matter. You see, that's what it's all about that your beliefs are not significant if they're not based on knowledge and based on true love. That's what Iman is about. It's about having, it's about trusting in and believing in things uh, that you don't know for certain on account of them being uh, related to true values and changing real information. In other words, being the capacity to evolve capacity to evolve is turned off if you cover up reality and become inflexible. You can no longer improve. You've just, and the reason why you're stuck is because of your own desire, that you just want something to be instead of actually accepting the will of creation for what actually is. So you have to, this is all about respect and true love, really. It's all about if you have true love, then you accept reality and you realize there's something other than just your own desires That your inner self your innermost self is part of creation and That everything in reality as it really is is not going to change based on what you believe And is always there for you to respect pay attention to and learn from It's always there so to believe in one of these Popes or imams or rabbis is actually to commit a sin. It's not a good thing If you believe in them because they make you feel good. That's just being seduced by Jim Jones It's not Respecting the actual word of God, which is this which is reality itself And it's based on logic So see religion as we understand it has a big problem because it's not based on a belief of feeling where you feel true love and are guided to the right choice by it, but based on a belief of thinking, where you force yourself to want something to be so, where you condition yourself to expect a certain reward that may or may not even happen. That's what's going on here. People are giving in to these seduction That's why it was Eve that was seduced by the serpent, because the female represents will and desire and options and selection. Seduced because you are led to believe you want something, you're marketed to. You were led to fear the truth and avoid it. And by avoiding the truth, you're actually avoiding your own fulfillment. Because the truth, you know, whatever it actually is, you can't force it to be anything else. And the fact is that the truth is your fulfillment because it's the actual knowledge that brings you evolution and therefore the tools to make the right choices in the future, wisdom. And it's also the reality you inhabit with everyone else in connection to everything else, which allows you to have help and true love. People are now, because of their selfishness, pretty much isolated from everybody else. They don't have any real marriages often. They don't even have a real connection with their spouse. And they often make the wrong choice of spouse because they don't obey true love. They think that they can make materialistic considerations or selfish considerations or. Rational considerations when that's just not how true love works. It's an irrational impulse, which however, it's irrational. Where does it come from? That's a good question This is what a man is about. Okay Is that it comes from the gods and that they are way smarter than us True love the feel and I think people can people know the difference they can distinguish between true love and false love where they simply look at certain qualities and get themselves to want something versus true love where they just cannot help it. They're connected to somebody else with no ability to stop it. And the true love therefore is actually a connection between two different consciousnesses as one thing or more than two, right? It's what our reality is made of. It's all of our consciousness together. And where does that come from? That comes from the gods, who uh, inspire us to go in the right direction, so-called Cupid, go to inspires us to, uh, to breed properly and create good genetic combinations and to be in love with people that are the closest to us in our organism of society and not uh, to make, illogical choices based on what we just want to be. So, uh, so this, this is how it works. You know, it's not, it's not a choice, right? True love is not a matter of consent or choice. It's a matter of you can't help it. And it is a higher intelligence that's behind it. Uh, the fact that we think now that we can just make all of these, we can put our will over love. That's very dangerous. That's what 9-11 was about. Cause nine over 11 means love over will. And, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a warning as well, but where we're headed that you, if you, uh, decide to <clears throat> put a false will, you decide to make a choice other than that, which is guided to you by true love, then you are going to suffer for it because the result is the unfulfillment of the innermost desire, which means you go to hell. And I mean, your psyche will be literally combusted when you die in uh, an inferno of whatever unsatisfied spiritual desire is there. The <clears throat> So that's why true love is not just like, oh, you know, love is like, uh, people think it's just their, what they want. Uh, they equate it with will, Uh, with wanting something but it's not the same thing it means to actually know that you are part of a whole with something else and that that whole is more than the two things apart and there's varying degrees of that right so it's always a net gain because when you put two things together that were separate you get something which is more than them apart you always do it just follows logically so if people are living in isolation from each other, without any love, they are being stupid. It's as simple as that. It's just stupid, because they're making a they're they're losing out, in order to avoid reality. They're making a decision that they're making a decision that is overall a bad bet and a net loss, because they would rather avoid what scares them or something like that. Like the idea for example, true love threatens a lot of people nowadays because we're so selfish. The idea of caring about somebody else as much as about yourself is a threat to an egocentric person. And that's incredibly stupid because the fact is that the way we evolve and the way we gain is by becoming more and more collective. In particular, the basis of all of this is just marriage. That's it. It's really that simple. That true marriage is the basis of eventually turning into something like these gods, that they're a collective made up of these bonds of true love, which have turned them into a super intelligence uh, that is made up of individual cells that are human spirit forms. So the way you turn into a god, the actual way of apotheosis and uh, is to just follow true love. That's it. It's really that simple. That's the first and last law of creation. And uh, therefore, when you live in a society like now, uh, where people are selfish, you just have to, what can you think about them? They're going to be destroyed. Because they can't, you can't survive when you're an avoidant coward that lives in a selfish bubble of pseudo reality. You can't make wise decisions if you choose to want something that is not necessarily true arbitrarily. And uh, a very big part of this is the fact that we all depend on each other. Yes, but this is all founded on, seriously, it's all founded on something as simple as marriage. That this is not just some, like, old-fashioned thing people made up that you can get rid of and replace with being a whore. It's not at all like that. You can't replace it with being a materialist and being a gold digger or whatever either. That's also going to destroy you and send you straight to hell. And I mean that because hell is that state of being combusted in your unfulfilled secret desires. That's what it actually is. And I mean, the ones that are inspired by your spirits. So, uh, it's very dangerous to, uh, disobey true love because that's how the good part of the gods organizes everything, uh, our peoples, our cultures, our traditions, our families, our, and therefore our survival depends on true love. It's not just about what you want. It's about what is, you see, it's the thing that simply is. It is just so. You are, whether you like it or not, not the only person alive. And because of that, you know, the, the state of being an isolated, egocentric person is the state of evolutionary stagnation. It just means that you are being an idiot and failing at evolution. It doesn't mean anything good. You might be be smug about it. You might pat yourself on the back or whatever and think that you're a winner, but you're actually a complete loser. And your whole meaning of life disappears because your meaning of life derives from being in contact with the true reality, which is true love. Now that's what Muhammad taught. Believe it or not, these ISIS idiots might show you otherwise. And Of course, they just—they dis- disrespect it. They show themselves to be unfit for life through very simple things like their belief in marrying slaves and arranged marriage, very common throughout these Muslim countries, which shows that they are failures of evolution and will be destroyed. It sounds harsh, but it's just how it works. You know, true love is—is is not just a positive either. Okay because anything in reality is neutral. When there's a true love, there also has to be an inverse to that at the same time. There has to be a true hatred. And what that is, is not the hatred in the sense of what I was just talking about, being an isolated idiot that's destroys your love through a desire to survive on your own or some nonsense like that. I don't know how to describe what it actually is, but the, what I think it actually is, is the, uh, uh, I don't even know if I would use the word hatred, but it is the fact that things that, uh, that true love has to defend itself, all right? That life has to defend itself against death. And that these things that we see now are deadly. So you look at these, these various Muslim countries where they're all engaging in arranged marriage and marrying their cousins. The long-term consequences of that are not going to be pretty. Inbreeding, generation after generation, marrying the wrong person. So you're bad breeding. Your, your entire people's going to degenerate, which is exactly what's happening. And no, <clears throat> that is not something that was taught by Muhammad. That also derives from Judaism. In fact, Jews still believe cousin marriage is a good idea, even to this day. I mean, the, the uh, Orthodox rabbis do uh so again you know you follow you, you decide to believe in something that's complete bs for no reason you stick with your stupid choice and you lose the game that's just how it is it seems cruel but that's just how reality works the reality is not cruel essentially reality is made up of true love meaning the inter- interconnection between everything as a whole So, reality didn't do this to you. Creation didn't do do this to you. You were born into a universe that was created in perfect harmony. And for some reason, you effed it up yourself. You decided to be an idiot. And it's your fault, whatever happens, that's why it's a boomerang. It's the same thing with all of this, uh, everything really, I mean, simply boils down to that. Just true love means the true consciousness of what things actually are, in connection to you and uh, anything that goes against that is BS. Anything which is against the consciousness of the collective is BS and will eventually destroy you. So you see people failing at evolution, right? When you fail at evolution, that means you're deselected from evolution. It means you're no longer fit, you're no longer adapted to reality and you will eventually be excreted by the universe. Uh, <clears throat> that's what's going on with these countries. So I warn, you know, I say, I'm totally certain, because here, here's something else. I study the, uh, what you call Kabbalah or whatever, I study the, uh, the the actual symbolic meaning of sounds and words and language, uh, which as I said, derives actually from Islam, from Muhammad. And this uh, shows me that, this is why I'm certain that Muhammad was a prophet in part, is that the Arabic language contains uh, the most accurate coding of words in that form, other than German. So German and Arabic, incidentally, both are probably the best languages on the planet, particularly uh, because of the false interpretation of Arabic. Arabic's a little weakened because of these stupid scholars misinterpreting terms. But So, you know, I'd say that if you wanted to have uh, a world language that would communicate everything in an understandable way, it would have to be German. Uh, So I'm certain that because I compare German to Arabic and see that German and Arabic are both similar in their symbolic value, uh, that proves to me Muhammad was a real prophet because he specifically appeared in that place and he invented many of these terms himself. So... Here's why. Because language is controlled by the gods. Language is controlled by arahata uh, ter uh, And you can see this in the symbolic values of words. Things like name games and the connection between words through their sound. Which is proof that they subconsciously influence us to develop our languages and in particular Whenever a prophet is going to appear, who, by the way, is actually one of them incarnated as a rule, the real prophets are at least, uh, then they will develop a language to communicate their ideas. And that's what they did with Arabic and with German. So Arabic and German both developed in this way. Uh, And it's, it's interesting to me to see how the stupidity of human beings often specifically tries to go against that which is better and for their better. And this is an example right here, is the disparagement and suppression of the Arabic and German languages, especially German in the US, because as I've said before, Americans on average, the I mean I'm saying I'm saying that the largest minority in America, not on average, but the largest minority in America is Germans. Uh, The largest so sort in other of words, the majority really, the majority uh, ethnicity in America is Germans. And, the, and yet at the same time, there have been very few Germans in political offices and the German language was actually banned by the government in World War I. This is before Hitler, okay, this is World War I. They banned the German language in Philadelphia and other places. And they, they banned German newspapers, they banned German schools In the US, they banned the, they also condemned the idea of ethnicity, like being a German American means you aren't an American anymore, which is also a despicable lie because, see, true love doesn't just mean marriage, that's part of it. It also means loving your own people, your own culture, and your own race. So a lot of stuff we call immoral now is actually morally correct, like preferring your own people and race to others. That's natural. You're supposed to. It actually leads to, if you do it the right way, not hating other races and not being so-called racist, not because guess what? Then you also extend your true love to them and you're understanding that you're all part of one collective. Uh, It all builds outward. Of course, you don't love the the milkman unless you're, you know, (laughs) yeah, right. So you don't love the milkman, usually you don't love the milkman as much as you love your own husband, but in some cases, I guess you do, Uh, (laughs) so maybe that's a bad example, but you know, you, you don't love uh, uh, like everybody in your city as much as you love your husband. So it's the same thing with uh, your people. You love your own people and your own culture more than you love others. It's just the way it is. It's how it's supposed to be. Now, when you try to erase that to be something you're not, that is, again, that is a lack of what I call in German Selbstliebe or self-love. It is a destruction of the foundation of true love, which is your love of your own true self as it really is. Uh, so all of this stuff that we see going on now, the feminism, that's that's self-hatred. It's hating yourself for being a woman. Simple as that. It's hating femininity. It's not, it calls itself feminism, but you know what I think it really means is to... Uh, diverge from actually being a real woman and to hate yourself for being a woman. Uh, Same thing with uh, this like racism stuff, right? It actually means to divert from the real purpose of loving your own race, which is to love in general, uh, right? Because it's hatred of somebody else for being a different race, which again shows some level of self-hatred or shame in all cases, I think. The real self-love is not uh, going to hate other races, it's just going to love your own more. Same thing with um, your own culture, your own language and so forth. Of course you're going to love, if you're a German, you're going to be a German. And you shouldn't try to be an American because there's no such thing as an American. America is just a made up concept. The people here are different ethnicities. It's like Switzerland, right? People in Switzerland are different languages, different cultures in one country. There's French, there's Italian, there's German in one country. Same laws, but they don't pretend to all be the same people. But why are Americans doing this? Why do all Americans speak the same language? Why do they all pretend to be whatever an American is? It's dangerous. It's the suppression of good traditions which is part of the reason we're going downhill. And that is an important aspect of this true love that I'm talking about here is that people are not just abandoning true marriage, but abandoning even their own identity as what they really are, which by the way, was also created by the gods. So it's not going to make them very pleasant to us if we seek to exterminate traditional cultures as we've done already very much with the Catholic church communists and so forth. I think that just puts them all on the hit list that those things are seen as a threat to the universe and will be destroyed. And, uh, I think that in contrast, you know, people who actually carry on their, I mean, you think about with feminism, right? Woman, one of her functions as the mother is to preserve traditions, to maintain festivities, holidays, practices, customs, to maintain culture, to educate our children to carry on traditions. So if that's not succeeding in society, if that's suppressed, that's the actual misogyny is to go against what women do or to try to replace it like these homosexual priests do. The actual misogyny is that sort of thing. It's not expecting women to be women. That's normal. It's like you expect a man to be a man, you expect a woman to be a woman. That's normal. It's, it is uh, damaging to injure or to re- try to replace her function, which is exactly what these religions do. I'll get into that maybe next program. The fact that religion is a feminine thing in general. Now, reli- spiritual progress is usually a masculine thing. That's why most of the prophets are men. But maintaining traditions and morality, maintaining traditions, following moral laws, having a conscience, uh, educating children, all that stuff is feminine, it's all stuff that women are better at. And that's why it's very questionable, anytime you see a religion that has no female clergy, it means it's BS in 100% of cases, just the way it is. So Catholic church with their priests, right? They've got nuns too, but they have, there's no female popes. All right, the Imams and the the misogynistic Muslim crap. And that actually indicates that the real patriarchy you see is literally the patriarch, the Pope. It's not men for being toxically masculine or whatever the hell that is. It is the fake religion is trying to replace women Okay. Now I want you to think about that until I have my next program here in a week from now. But that's the the real facts of the matter. Is that well? the true. Well, Matty, it was nice talking to you. Back next week at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time.
0: Come on.
1: to our listeners. Revolution Radio is you. Thanks to your continuous support and participation, Revolution Radio will to
0: its eighth year yoo
1: Bigger and better than ever. You, the listeners, have made Revolution Radio what it is. The number one commercial-free top radio station on the web with nearly 24 hours of live programming delivering directly to you the most cutting-edge information available. You, the The listeners have become some of our most popular radio hosts. You, the listeners, offer feedback that molds our programming to appeal to a worldwide audience. You, the listener, provide eyes on the ground, reporting about newsworthy events in your area, and you, the listener, are the lifeblood of this station. We love you, and thank you for being a treasured member of our Revolution Radio family. From all of us to all of you. Have a happy and safe holiday season, and let's make this new year a success once again together. Thank you.
0: Is your data safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living, medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. Over three gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus.